How are you all doing tonight? Amen. 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 So as usual, we'll start by doing reflection. Wait, Dr. Paulina, I'm landing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was we we didn't say our mandate. Oh, we want us to say our mandate first. Okay, all right. <laughs> Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Gathering of Wisdom, Bible studies. The Garden of Wisdom is a place where we discover and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our divine destiny. Please repeat after me. I am here in the garden of wisdom. I'm here in the garden, in the garden of wisdom. To gather wisdom. To gather wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To receive instruction. To receive instruction. Direction. Direction. And guidance. And guidance. According to the plan and purpose. According to the plan and purpose that the Lord has predestined for my life. That the Lord has predestined for my life. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So let's do our reflection. Dr. Pauline. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll do my reflection. Okay, go ahead. Um, what I took from last Bible study is that um you spoke on another aspect of genes and you um really drilled into the importance of um of how when we're dreaming or like after we dream how we should take time to actually um, go before God. So it's just, it just goes back to remind me that like even um, with Joseph, right? You told us that like when we have dreams that we shouldn't just throw them aside and but we should actually take them into our own matters and go before God. And it's very important because you know dreams can show us where to go that's another way that god shows us what he wants to do in our lives and what we should do to continuously further ourselves in our relationship with god and that that's what i got as well that's what i got amen 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 who else was there last week Hello. Angelique, are you sure you took note, note last week? 
Yeah, well, I was I was working at the same time while listening. All right. Yeah. All right. Who else was there last week? Do I mention names? They have all unmuted themselves. Hello? Engineer, can you unmute everybody for me, please? I'm unmuted. I'm asking them to unmute themselves, but they're not pressing the button. Okay, since there is nobody to give reflection, and Angelique only touched one point, unlike when she usually expound on the lot. Okay, all right. So let's look at Genesis chapter 40. from verse nine, Genesis chapter 40 from verse nine. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches and it was as though it booted and her blossom shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I looked, and I took the grape and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee. And shew kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of his house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. This is a very, very sensitive aspect of Joseph's life. This is the first time Joseph was really crying out. This was the first time that Joseph was relating his situation where he was making known his challenges and difficulties on how he got to Egypt and also how he got into the prison. And here, 
something very important that I have been pondering, pondering over is that the butler was strategically placed into Joseph's life. The butler went to prison because the Lord wanted to use him to rescue Joseph and also to open the door for Joseph to enter the palace, to open the door for Joseph to meet with the King of Glory. When I say King of Glory, I am not referring to Joseph as a King of Glory. I'm not referring to Pharaoh as a King of Glory, but the destiny fulfiller in that picture is a King of Glory. God is a destiny fulfiller. And God's gonna do anything possible to bring us into the fulfilling of our destiny. Sometimes on our jobs, like the butler, we find ourselves in a very, very interesting place that seems like a place of rejection, a place of punishment, a place of demotion. And one thing with, uh, with, 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 with promotion is that promotion is like climbing a mountain. Before you can climb a mountain, you need to go through the valley. So the butler needed to go into the valley to rescue somebody, to save a soul, to bring somebody to the place where they belong to. So you can see that the butler went to jail. And in jail, he had a dream. He thought the dream was all about him, himself, his promotion, and the restoration of his relationship with Pharaoh. But it was, excuse me, but it was more than that. Something very crucial is that sometimes we find ourselves going around the circles. Okay, when we go around the circles and then we enter into a cycle. Circles means for a period of time, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what's happening in your life. It's that there is repetition of events in your life. So circles means repetition of events. Now cycle means refinery. You are being refined to be better than before. You are being refined to take a higher place, a higher position in your life. You know, um, uh, I've, I once uh, in my class, uh, School of Deliverance class, there was this guy, uh, uh, Pastor Eric, that was in that class. I'm mentioning his name because I, I, I am really remembering the, the, the important uh, uh, information he gave us in the class while we were teaching about uh, the value of deliverance. He said he used to work in a refinery. And in that refinery, when you see crude oil, Crude oil is very thick and looks very nasty. 
you wouldn't even want to have anything to do with crude oil. He says, but when the crude oil is, is gone through different levels of fire, uh, as it goes through different level of fire, there is a separation. One level of thickness goes into a different branch of the refinery. Another lighter aspect of the, of the, of the oil goes into another branch of the refinery because this, the, the, the finer they become, the lighter they become, and then they are able to pass through certain holes. So which means that if it is not very much bent in fire, it has not responded to the, the fire at a certain degree, it can pass through a smaller hole, all right? So he described uh, different types of crude oil, petroleum and gas, you know, he said, the lightest of it is called gas because it is very light and it can easily vanish. It vanishes away very quickly. And then he started saying that um, the very thick, the residue, okay, of the oil is what is made into plastics, like the, 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 the car tire, all right, is made out of crude oil. The, the thickest part of the crude oil that if you fry uh, 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 some potatoes or yam, you find out that there'll be some crystals in the oil after you have taken out the best part of the, or, 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 of the yam or, or, or plantain or something that you fried. So that residue under the oil is not thrown out that is used to make different types of plastic. So different residues make different types of plastics and plastic wares. And especially the very, very dirty part is what is used to make the rims of, of tire, or, or, or the car tire that causes the, the, the wheel that allows the, the iron part of the tire not to roll on the bare floor, but to, to, to move neatly, all right? Now, similarly, in our Christian lives, we haven't given prophecies. Sometimes somebody told you, oh, God's gonna make you a prophet. God's gonna use you. You're gonna travel the nations. Oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be a, 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 an evangelist. But one thing the person is not telling you, or even the, the presenter of the prophecy does not understand, is the fact that all these beautiful calls comes with a lot of challenges. You're going to pass through some fire. And you're going to be bent in the fire or you're going to be refined in the fire. The way you respond to the fire is very important. If you respond with the, a focus on the word of God, if you respond with wisdom from the word of God, 
if you respond to your challenges, your difficulties, the fire that is refining you to be used as an evangelist, as a prophet, as a pastor, as a, 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 as a vessel in the house of the Lord, you know? So the trial is meant to refine you to become either the gasoline that runs very, that runs the car very fast. You know, once I was driving with somebody and the person got to the gas station to fill the tank and the person asked for the most expensive uh, uh, gasoline, uh, petrol or gas to put in the car. And I asked the person, why are you buying so expensive uh, 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 gasoline to put in your car? The person said, it is the most expensive uh, 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 petrol, but I tell you, it is what keeps the car in the best side of operation. I asked the man why. He said, well, if you use the most quality uh, uh, petrol in your car, one, the car will drive smoothly and very fast. Two, the car will have less problems and uh, the, the, the pipes that, uh, the fuel uh, uh, pipes or whatever, I've forgotten the name of it, that, that, that pumps the, 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 the gas into various parts of the car will, will always be clean because you are using the lightest part of petrol. And uh, as a person explained it, it took me back into the importance of reading the Bible and uh, praying. So comparing gasoline, the lightest gasoline with the thicker, with the thicker one or the thickest one, you know, I began to see that when the more you read the word of God, the more you become light in the spiritual realm. The less you read the word of God, the heavier you become. Because you are not reading the word of God means that you are not eating the bread of life. So you be heavy. You are easily upset. You are easily angered, angered, you are easily annoyed, okay? You are easily uh, 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 offended. And the words that comes out of your mouth when you are offended is very thick because it contains words of darkness. The language of darkness flows out of you easily. It's like when a husband and a wife has a little disagreement and one of them say, I am divorcing. I am leaving you. I am going. I don't want this marriage again. Okay. That means your heart is still very heavy with the power of darkness, with the activities of darkness. Your mind is heavy with the power of darkness controlling your mind. The Holy Spirit is very light. That is why the Holy Spirit is signified by the dove. And the dove is always flying, very light, light-feathered, 
bird that flies smoothly. But the snake is always on the ground. The snake can't fly. And the snake lies to hide in darkness. The snake doesn't stay under the light, stays in darkness. Every beast that is evil stays in darkness. The scorpion stays in darkness. But the spirit of God is very light. That is why when the spirit of God comes upon you, you find out that you are very light because the light of the Lord will shine upon you. And the Bible said when God was creating in Genesis chapter 1, from verse 1 to, 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 to 3, you find out that darkness was on the face of the deep because darkness is heavy. Darkness is dark. And darkness is always hiding away. And the spirit of the Lord was moving on the face of the waters. The spirit of the Lord is very light. So you find out that the spirit, when the spirit of the Lord is upon you, you are transparent. You don't have a secret life. You don't have anything to hide. You are plain. You don't hide sin in your heart. You don't bear grudge. You are not always angry. You are angry even when prayer is going on. You are angry. You are thinking of how to condemn, how to uh, 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 beat somebody off, how to crush on somebody. The anger in you will, be, will just be moving your heart and your mind. So this is where we see the life of Joseph and the butler. And here, there is something that is very important here. God want to use you. And because God is preparing you, you go through fire. Why do you go through the fire? Like the crude oil. There is need for the fire to burn the chaff in your life. To burn and consume the the, 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 the confusion in your life. So one of the names of God is consuming fire. So the consuming fire, the presence of the consuming fire in our lives is to consume every evil, every disagreement, every confusion. The heaviness of darkness is consumed when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you. But when the spirit of the Lord is not upon you and God wants to even use you for prophecy, there are some revelations you see and you become so angry with the revelation. And when you, the a revelation is presented to you, instead of you to lighten your spirit and say, Lord, show me the meaning, you start getting angry with the presenter. You start getting angry with the revelation. You start manifesting anger and strive because you have not been through fire. The butler was going to be used by God to connect Joseph to his destiny, one part of his destiny. And the butler has to go through a type of suffering 
a type of challenges, a, a, a type of challenge, a type of difficulty. And let's look at some of the qualities of the butler, who God's gonna use to strengthen somebody, to deliver somebody, to raise, to raise a great man of God to the destiny, to raise a child to become the next president of the nation, to raise a young boy to become the prime minister of a nation where he was carried into as a slave boy. So yeah, let's see something. We started talking about the quality of the butler about three weeks ago, because last week I didn't have my notes, but thank God for those who rescued us. So here, we have said that in the previous week that the butler must have good communication skills because he should be able to act between the king or the leader he serves, the president of the nation or the president of an organization, the secretary general of United Nations and the people and various staff members, family members, guests, and the people in the environment. So in the realms of the spirit, the butler is like a prophet that acts between Jehovah God and the people. So whatever your assignment is in the, in the body of Christ, you must be able to relate yourself to the role of the butler who is expected to have good communication skills to be able to present a matter without iota of doubt, without creating confusion, without speaking uh, uh, funny, without giving the wrong interpretation. Number two, the butler must be a man of wisdom, a man who maintains a sense of calmness and peace to avoid chaos around the palace, around the White House, around the ministry, around the bishop, the archbishop, or whoever is in charge. There are things that you hear sometimes that are very funny, that are crazy, that are very confusion, uh, confusing, and that can easily create confusion around the kingdom, around the ministry, around the palace. So you, who is close to the leader, who is close to the palace, who is an, uh, a, 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 somebody that is trusted, you are a type of a butler, a type of Joseph, a type of Nehemiah. You need wisdom to make sure that that information is nicely parceled, is nicely packaged and presented. Point number three was not tackled the last time. Trustworthiness. You, whatever position you are occupying in the ministry, you are still a type of a butler. Whatever position you are occupying on your job, you're a type of a butler. 
especially when you are close to the hem of leadership or the realm of leadership. You must be very, very careful how you present yourself. Are you trustworthy? You, are you able to protect the leader? You know, some people will come and ask you funny question. I said that last week, and you must be careful how you say it. And that's when we talked about the whistleblower, the betrayer, the traitor, the confusionist. You must be very, very careful. Just like in the time of Korah, some people went to Korah and joined and told Korah, don't you think that Moses is trying to, to, to be above everybody? And Korah bought the idea. And they came against Moses. And the Lord dealt with them. And he raised them from existence. So we need to be very careful. And that was what happened to the butler. So you have to be trustworthy. You have to protect the leader. You have to protect the pastor. You have to protect the bishop, the archbishop, the president, the leader. You have to be a protector because you are carrying their cup. You are serving their drink. How do you carry their cup? Because you know you, they, you are sharing in the anointing that God has given to that leader. The Lord said to Moses, take out of the anointing that I have given unto you, the spirit I have put upon you, and give part of that anointing, part of that spirit, part of that wisdom to the leaders that I have chosen to work with you. So sometimes, you see, I always say overtaking is allowed. Because if a father knows this much, the child will add the father's wisdom and knowledge to what he has. And that becomes a double portion. When Elisha was asking Elijah for double portion, that means that I have knowledge. I have gained knowledge from serving you. And the wisdom, the power that the Lord has given to you that I have learned from. Before you go, please give me the remaining to work with. So which means that Elisha was collecting the natural wisdom that he had is being reinforced. The wisdom he gathered from his parents or his environment is added unto him. And then the wisdom he gathered by seven Elijah is added unto him. And then when Elijah is leaving, he wants Elijah to give him the remaining of the wisdom and the knowledge with which he had worked. That is what you call double portion. Today, a lot of people want double portion, but they're not ready to serve. All they do is criticize and find fault, accuse and throw stones. No, you can't get there. The Bible says that Joshua was a very young boy when he started serving Moses. And the Lord looked at his, his, his dedication which trustworthiness take us to. 
dependability. Can you be dependent on? The king depended on the butler. So the king was not afraid when he was drinking from the butler's uh, service. But if the king is going to be afraid to drink from the butler's service, then there is trouble. And that is why the butler was sent to prison because he lost, the king lost trust in him. There are things that sometimes you want people to do for you and then you hesitate as a leader, you hesitate. You hesitate because you are finding elements of, of, of unfaithfulness in, in, in that person. You can no longer trust that person. You start fearing for your life. You start fearing for your assignment, divine assignment. You start fearing for, for, for everything that, you, that the Lord has invested in you and everything that you have worked for in life. So the position of the butler is a very sensitive position where he has to show that he can keep the security of the leadership. He can protect the security of the leadership. You know, I've always said this, there is a conversation that can be tagged as gossip. And there is a conversation that can be tagged as accountability. When leaders meet and they discuss the people in the, in, the, in, in the organization, everybody's input and output, who is doing well, who is not doing well, that is organization accountability. Whether the, lead, uh, the, the, the leadership uh, two or three is not the number that matters, but it is the work that they are doing as either leaders or board members or, uh, or, 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 or head of a department and they are discussing the problem. They are discussing the challenges. They are discussing how each and everyone is performing their duty. That is not a gossip. So they may talk the good that is going on or the bad that is going on in order to assess the inputs and the output of individual services. Now, when is a matter described as gossip? A matter is described as gossip when two people seek to talk negatively about other people, condemning them and writing them off. And the information they gather is just meant to destroy. It is not meant for organization upliftment. It is not meant for correction. It is not meant for guidance. It is not meant for encouragement. So anytime a conversation is not meant for prayer and encouragement, it's not meant for uh, promotion and, uh, 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 and, and servicing the organization, uh, but then it is just meant to ridicule when a conversation is meant to ridicule people, uh, to slice them and to condemn them and to make them feel they are not wanted, their services are not wanted, then that is what you call gossip. So gossip is to deliberately talk negatively about people just to demote them, 
just to crucify them, to kill them, to destroy them, and to make sure that they don't rise up. That is gossip. But if people in charge of organization, even it could, it could be a marketing institution, it could be a banking institution, it could be, uh, 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 you know, one day I, I, I had a revelation when I walked into one of the banks that I, 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 I do business with. And I saw that um, an arm robber came in there and I saw, I can't say everything, but I saw that an arm robber came in there and performed some dubious activities. Mm. I said, I come to this bank often. This thing could happen while I am in the bank. I have to alert the bank manager. And some of the managers are my friends, we are close. And so I spoke to them to watch and, and, and strengthen their security. Hmm. You know what? It happened. It happened and it happened twice. I saw the revelation three times. I don't know whether it happened the third time but the people involved were removed. You know, I don't work in that bank. I am only a client of the bank, but the Lord showed me what's gonna happen in the bank. I struggled and I said, God, give me wisdom, how to handle it then, Later, when it, after it happened, one of them said, maybe that is why God made you a friend of this bank, that when you come in, everybody goes, oh, Dr. Wally, oh, Dr. Wally, oh, Dr. Wally. He said, you have been very resourceful. That was not a gossip. God reveals to redeem. There are revelations that we see that Yes, it doesn't happen at the moment, but we start feeling, oh, uh, why uh, this person is always seeing negative thing about me and da, 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 and da, 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 and da, da. But what you don't realize is that there are people in authority who God will reveal the times and the seasons to situations that will happen in the realms of the spirit and in the realm of the physical. And the Lord has given them an assignment to pray. When I saw that revelation about the bank robbery, I started praying and fasting. I said, God, let it not happen because I may be there when it happens. How would I save myself? So God, for you to show it to me, it is because you want to save my own life and the life of the people that I know in that bank. So the butler, the bottleless role is a role that he was going to be used to save the life of Joseph from being overstayed or from overstaying in prison or from being uh, uh, killed in prison 
or wasting away in prison. So the butler has to suffer in his position. So he was thrown into prison in order to bring Joseph out of prison. And not only so, in order for him to connect Joseph to his actual destiny in the nation of Egypt and its surrounding. He was also being used, oh my goodness, to prepare the way for Joseph. So you can see that Joseph did not just say, oh, I am a Christian, oh, I am a God-fearing people person, oh, I don't want to talk because if I speak, uh, no, God put me here and God will take me out at the right time. Excuse me, there are times when you have to open your mouth and ask. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened. Joseph asked for help. Look at what Joseph said in this passage, very interesting passage, for the dependability that uh, 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 the, the, the butler has to be. If the butler was not dependable, he would have disappointed Joseph by never mentioning Joseph, even when the time rise. There was a season and time when he would have to mention Joseph to the king Pharaoh. And when the time came, listen to this very well. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up your head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand. You see, God is taking the butler back into the position where he used to occupy. After the former manner when thou was his butler, that is restoration. God was going to restore the butler because of Joseph, because he has an assignment to perform in Joseph. If he did not go to prison, he would not have met Joseph. If he did not go to prison, God would not have used him as a connector. He was not just an ordinary butler. What is your position today? What are you doing that God gave to you to do? And what are you doing that God did not give to you to do? What is your assignment? The butler was not serving the nation per se. He was serving the king in the private place, in the private corner of the king's dwelling. And look at what Joseph would say to him, Genesis 40, verse 14. But think on me when it shall be well with thee. But think on me. Think about me when it shall be well with thee and show kindness, hey, show kindness, I pray thee unto me. Show kindness, I pray thee unto me. And make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house, hey. 
and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of Hebrews, of the Hebrews. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. Why was he stolen away? Because he was to go and fulfill his destiny outside Canaan. God has called you, you have received prophecies. Do you know how the prophecy will be fulfilled? Every little thing you run away, every little thing you hide away, every little thing you are angry, every little thing you start speaking negative things, you start cursing. The words of your mouth becomes filthy. You need to pass through the fire to become a very light person that the Holy Spirit can move. If you're heavy, the Holy Spirit cannot move you. You have to be light for the Holy Spirit to move you. Anger will not allow the Holy Spirit to move you. Joseph was never angry. This is the first time Joseph was presenting his case. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also, have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon? Not prison, dungeon. A place of punishment, a place of pain, a place of rejection, a place of rejection. What is the prophecy you have received in your life? And what are the challenges that you are going through? What kind of fire are you going through that is meant to prepare you for the place where the prophecies are taking you? You know, um, I was studying something about ministers' children, leaders' children, deacons' children, people who operate around the church. They are uh, and they focus on God, they focus on church, what happens to their children. And then I realized that most of the time, we parents don't tell our children the truth. We give them too much of artificial beliefs. Oh, because you're a Christian, God is going to do this because uh, the anointing is upon you. God is going to do this. I'm going to do that. Going to do. We don't tell them that. Because of the anointing, the enemy is going to take you through fire. Because of the anointing, you're going to face challenges. Because of the anointing, the enemy will touch your life. Because of the enemy, the terrorists will not leave you alone. We don't say that to our children. We hide the truth from them. We ourselves are going through challenges. And we start blaming the devil and the devil and the devil. We don't say that, hey, God is preparing me and God may prepare me for your advantage on your behalf. It doesn't mean you will also not go through, but I would have paid half of the price for you. But we lied to them. You know, <laughs> I was reading about Billy Graham uh, challenges with uh, his son. 
the, 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 the son who is in charge of the ministry now. I've forgotten his name. And uh, he said to him, his son was one of the best children on earth. Best children, best child, his children were the best. But one day, he was on his way to Germany to go and preach. And he heard in the radio, from the radio, that his son was caught smoking, is it cigarettes or cannabis? He heard it on the radio that his son was caught among bad, bad, bad boys smoking on his way to go and preach. He thought everything was fine. His son was one of the good boys. Franklin, he didn't know that Franklin was indulging in secret sin. His heart was broken. When he came back home, his attitude towards other children in the neighborhood changed. He started going to the park where the bad boys are to go and witness to them by himself. He went into their midst and related to them. And then he started going to the prisons to go and pray for the bad boys in, that were condemned to death. If he didn't hear from the radio that his son had become a, was a secret sinner, he would never have known how to tackle the matter. And then again, his daughter also got, went and got pregnant. Double sold. A man who is preaching to millions and billions of souls. He thought his children were the best. He didn't know about the secret sin. He said if anybody had come to him and told him, your children are misbehaving. He would have told the people off. But now he was hearing it in the news. May we not hear the report in the news. May we quickly tackle the revelations that comes to us. May we quickly resolve the matter. When the bad news got to uh, 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 Jacob about Joseph, he rebuked jo Joseph. Instead of going to pray and asking God, God, what is happening to Joseph? Why are his brothers always coming and accusing him? Yes, Joseph was not a bad boy, but Joseph had a weakness at that point. And Jacob needed to pray. Joseph needed intercessors in his life. That boy, that girl needed intercessor in his or her life. So we can see that the butler was sent to prison to go and deliver somebody. Maybe God has taken you through a challenge because of somebody's deliverance, because of somebody's salvation, because you need to rescue somebody from destruction. Before you conclude the matter, seek the Lord to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. We all believe that we are raising the best of children. 
We all believe we are, we are good. But one thing, there is an assignment over our head. And God is also depending on us for somebody's salvation. So Joseph said, think about me when you get back to your position. For I was stolen. I was stolen. <laughs> you know, in God's word, it's very interesting how he, it is written here. It says, remember me when things go well for you. And please do and please do me a favor. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing to deserve being put in, in this prison. So there is a time that we have to pray. We have to ask. We have to seek. For, and we have to knock the door for people to remember us. We have to be generous towards people, whether they are good to us or bad to us, whether we feel their sins are worse than our sins, whether we think they are making mistakes or not, we need their favor. Joseph begged for favor. Please do me a favor and remember me and make mention of me to Pharaoh. Today, I want to encourage each and every one of us. How dependable are we? How dependable are we where we are? In whatever position we find ourselves, whatever the responsibility is, and how faithful are we? The butler must be trustworthy to protect the king. The butler must be dependable to make sure that the king's environment is well secured. The butler must be faithful. He must have the ears of the king. He must not compromise when he hears bad news, when he hears some information. And that is why he needs wisdom. What kind of information am I hearing? How must I handle the information? You know, there is a man called Joab. He was the chief commander of David's, uh, uh, David's uh, army. Joab was very good. And at the same time, Joab was weak. He lacked wisdom. Joab played foolishness on three major occasions when Absalom misbehaved towards the king. Absalom managed to, 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 to deceive Joab. And Joab was always on the side of Absalom. In another case, when the king was trusting Absalom to protect the kingdom, Absalom went and encouraged, uh, 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 sorry, Joab went 
and encourage Absalom to take the kingdom from the king. He's from the from yeah from David. He was always conniving and conspiring. Yet he's supposed to be the watchman, the security man who protects the king. But every now and then, Joab was found faulty. Another time we do what that we will examine Joab. A man who is supposed to protect the king, how he kept misbehaving. The third time was when he anointed Adonijah as king. When the king was still alive without telling the king what he and Adonijah was planning. So every now and then, Joab was conspiring, you know, he was, he, was, he was doing secret evil against King David. So before King David died, he made sure Joab died before him. There are people God puts in your life, in my life. When do we behave like traitors, betrayers? Conniving, and uh, you know, uh, oh my goodness, we have to be very, very sincere. We have to be faithful. We have to be loyal, 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 loyal. We can't stand trials, so we are always murmuring and grumbling and finding fault. Look, the Bible says, "Can can two walk together unless they agree?" And the Bible says where two or three are guarded. You may be the second person, you may be the third person, but if you the second person don't stand, there will never be the third person. So it will only be one person. Jesus did not do the work by himself. He called the first, the second, the third. You are called to be the second. You are called to be the third. You are called to be the fourth. You are called to be the fifth. And when you come and there is nobody, you grumble and then you run away. Oh, there are no people. The ministry is not growing. How would the ministry grow if you don't stay? How would the ministry grow? How many souls have you warned? How many souls have you saved? How many souls have you persuaded to save another soul, to rescue the perishing? You are a type of a butler, just like I am a type of a butler. We are all type of butlers and we are all type of Christ. If we yield ourselves, if we become very loyal, committed, dependable, faithful, trustworthy, and we must be very bold in confronting the enemy that wants to steal, to kill and to destroy. Stop looking for somebody to fulfill your role. But determine that you will fulfill your role. You will be that butler that saves, that rescues Joseph, a kind of Joseph, a kind of Christ. So the butler is always referred to as a cup bearer. A cup bearer means, you see, the cup of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fill my cup, Lord. Whose cup are you carrying? 
If you are carrying the cup of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't become a betrayer. Don't become a traitor. Don't become disloyal. Don't become unfaithful. Don't become undependable. Don't become untrustworthy. But be bold and fight the enemy that comes close to the kingdom, to the ministry, to the place where you have been put to watch over the work of God. Kill the flies. Don't let the fly kill the ministry. Approach the flies. The fly represents the spirit of death, spiritual, physical, material, emotional, financial, marital. Watch over the souls and let us make sure we are keeping the ministry secured. We are keeping our assignment secured. We are keeping the organization secured. Let us have the ears that examines the truth. And let us control our hearts not to be angry unnecessarily, not to withdraw because somebody offended you. God knows why he has planted you in this place for a season at such a time as this. So let us learn forgiveness. Let us learn to push out the rustiness of the kingdom of darkness from our lives. Let us work with the Holy Spirit. Let's allow the spirit of the living God to fill our hearts. Let us drink from the cup of righteousness and not from the cup of witchcraft. Everybody bow down your heads and let's pray. Unmute yourself at the sign. Everybody unmute yourself. Everybody unmute yourself. We are praying now. Unmute yourself, please. Please, I will encourage you to unmute yourself. We are all praying. We are all praying. Father, we thank you and we bless you as you have revealed to us in order to redeem us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word that you have revealed to us to have knowledge, wisdom, Father, God, to carry your assignment to be a type of the Lord in the kingdom of righteousness. Oh, Jesus, oh, Savior, oh, King of glory. Oh, thank you, for your word, Father God. I give you the praise and adoration, Father God, because no one can do what you do, Father God. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Father God. I pray that Lord, may you make us serve Father God, that we may serve without complaining or murmuring, Father God, that we may serve with God in joy, Father God. Knowing that we'll get the double portion of the God because our spouse in the right name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come before you, pray, Father God. That Father God, as we're serving, Father God, may you not forget about those who have been serving, Father God. Lord, we pray, Father God, that you make us good butlers, Father God. That we may be trustworthy, Father God. That we may be trusted with assignments, 
Father God, and turn them out, Father God. Lord, Heavenly Father, we pray, Father God, that you make us to be obedient, Father God, and hear your word, Father God. The eyes that we, your children, will not be put to shame, Father God. No, may you, God, no, may you protect us in your hands, Father God, and snatch us away, Father God, from situations that are supposed to bring our down in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, I commit each and every family represented on this Bible studies line into your hands. We have come to gather wisdom to build wisdom in our lives and environment, to exhibit wisdom in every aspect of our lives and endeavor, in our going out and our coming in. Father, teach us to be trustworthy, dependable, faithful, loyal, committed, dedicated, to exhibit the fear of God in every aspect of our lives, in our going out and our coming in. Thank you for giving us the spirit of boldness to confront the enemy and to heal down the powers of darkness. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the ear, the ears of the king and making us your card bearers. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now questions or comments? Questions or comments? Any question in the house? Um, question, Dr. Paulin. So you talked about how um, Elisha, Elisha got double portion from, um, so were you saying that Elisha was already called and he had a calling on his life and he just got a portion of whatever, um, whatever anointing or power Elijah carried? But did he have did he have his own anointing before okay. getting that Elijah's anointing? Okay. When we talk of anointing, what is the meaning of anointing? Anointing means somebody God has given a responsibility to perform. Elijah called Elisha to come and work with him. Why did Elijah call Elisha? It is because God has a need of Elisha. So that is a responsibility. So Elisha has to leave everything he was doing and follow Elijah. And Elisha, of course, was trained by Elijah. And whatever training Elisha had as in his occupation were all part of the wisdom that he needed to serve the Lord. Because every now and then when God is preparing people for ministry responsibility, 
he makes you work with some form of animals, farming, and, uh, and uh, you know, some kind of people and, uh, and in an environment where you will understand uh, 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 the meaning of subduing your environment and also knowing how to, how to be fruitful and replenish. So uh, uh, Elisha was a, a, a horse, uh, a, a farmer that made sure that when the, uh, he prepares the, the animals to be pregnant, to give birth, and then the, 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 the babies that are the children that the animals give birth to are also prepared to give birth again. Because the word of God says, be fruitful and multiply and replenish. So that ability that was in Elisha was a natural preparation for him to yield to the call of God. So when Elijah called him to follow and come and work with him in the kingdom, Elijah also has to give him part of his spirit. He couldn't give him his whole spirit because if he gives all his spirits to Elijah, with what will he be do working? Mm -hmm. Are you getting it? Yes. Don't unmute yourself. We are talking. Don't unmute yourself. So like when you go to work, your boss does not give you the profit of all his business. He takes some of it and gives to you, isn't it? Yes. All right. So that is it. That does make sense. Um, definitely, because like when the when we work for our bosses, they call us to work for them. But when we work, um, they they get profit. You know, they get money too as well. But they share some money with us as well. All right. So when your boss, if you are doing think, very well, pardon? I think there is. I think there is a, a slightly different. Um, thing about about you remember that when Eli, when Elisha made that request it was just before Elijah was taken up uh-huh you know uh, at, at that point in time you remember that um when Elijah was on his way to be taken up and Elisha was him mm -hmm. the sons of the prophet on two different occasions, told him, don't you know that your, your master is going to be taken out? So they knew he was going to go up to heaven already. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. told him, yes, I know it. Um, uh, keep, your, keep, uh, um, keep your peace or something. And then after they crossed Jordan, I think that was when Elijah asked him, what do you want me to give you? And he requested a double portion of his anointing. So the way I understand what transpired there is this, there were sons of the prophet. And um, so in other words, there was a school of prophets, so to speak, because that's what the, that sons of prophets mean. But what Elisha was asking was the portion of a firstborn. You know, when in, 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 uh, in the Jewish, in, in old Jewish um, 
uh, culture. The firstborn gets the second, gets a, a double portion of the father's inheritance. And so Elisha was in the position of the, of the firstborn, so to speak, of the sons of, of prophets. So my understanding, you know, is that what he was really asking when he said that is to, to Elijah, what he was saying was, I want my, I want to have the portion of a firstborn among the, the, the sons of the prophets. You know, that, that's, uh, that's the way I used to think about that, that experience. Okay. What you, what, think, about what you think is a traditional aspect of, 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 of uh, the traditional concepts of, 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 uh, of it. But when we come to the spiritual concept of it, God said to Moses, take out of the spirit I have given you and put it on the eldest of Israel, who mm, would be seven in, in various parts of the, king, or, 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 or the, or, or the nation. And it is also the same. So like when people are working with us, the Lord will tell us to take out of the spirit that he has given us to put on them. So you find out that I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, Dr. Pauline, I'm not saying that that is not true. But what I'm pointing out is that this request was made when Elijah was on his way to heaven. Elijah was no longer here. When Moses, when God told Moses to do that, Moses was still here walking. So the context are different. Anyway, um, you yeah. know, that's just no, what I I'm am agreeing with you. I am agreeing with you. I am not, uh, we are not contesting. You know, there are a lot of people who may have questions, similar questions. So you are, uh, your contribution is very, very good, but I'm expanding on it so that people would see uh, the, the concepts of the, of the tradition and they will also see the concepts of the, of the spiritual aspect. So what you said is very correct, <laughs> all right? But because uh, we have teenagers and young Christians online, it's good for me to also expand further for them to understand. Are you okay. understanding me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So if I, uh, let me just add the portion I was trying to bring out. So when Eli, Eli, Elisha was asking uh, for the double portion, you can hear Elijah said something. Elijah said, if you see me going up, which means that I, I still have some work to do to get to heaven. If you see me, which means that you, you have to stay with me. You know, these days, sometimes as soon as you ordain people, they want to run away. They want to go and start their own. They forgot that they did not get that spirit directly, but God used somebody to give it to them and they must be willing to serve under it. So that aspect is very, very uh, technical for Elisha, Elijah to say that, if you see me, which is if you don't see me, you cannot get it. You have to see me. You have to be with me. You have to continue to work with me. So that is the aspect that uh, is, very, is very crucial. So it's good you brought it up. 
<laughs> Thank you for bringing it up. So, Viv? Viv? You can't be asking questions. Yes, Dr. Pauline. I don't want to. Unmute yourself. Are you at work? Oh, no. Then why are you unmuting yourself? <laughs> During questions and answers time, unless there is a noise in your background, you have to unmute so I can I can know whether you are understanding or you are not understanding. Okay. Okay. So thank you, Dr. Steven, for the uh, for the additional wisdom you added to it. Any more question? Can I say something else? Yes, please go on. You know, before you. Before you, I was thinking as you were talking, I was, I was thinking, and actually, I was also thinking about some of these issues last week. Um, but just before you mentioned the word loyalty, I um, I started to think it was funny that I was thinking about it when you said the word loyalty. I just I thought about it a few minutes before you said it. Um, I am. Um, a few years, some years ago, I, I did a search in the King James Version of the Bible in the New Testament, and I found that, that the word loyalty does not occur in the Bible in that King James Version, which is the closest version to the original um, in, uh, language. If you look in the... Uh, if you look in the... Uh, in the more... Um, recent versions, mm -hmm. um, the word loyalty occurs there. So I, I puzzled about that a little bit, and it, it occurred to me that, you know, loyalty, loyalty is a concept we use when we are talking about our relationship to others. But loyalty is not a concept you use in describing yourself. Everybody is loyal to himself, right? Hello? Yes, I have seen that argument in many writings. No, no I just want to make sure we're, we're following me. Yes, yes. In other words, uh, yes, he, I have he, seen he, a, lot of, he, a lot of arguments on the term loyalty. And, okay, uh, let me finish. Oh, okay, go on. Let me finish this. So okay. if we understand this concept, if I cannot be disloyal to myself, then the reason we have issues with loyalty is that we really don't understand that we are one body. Because mm -hmm. if we are one body, you cannot be disloyal to yourself. So I think that's my, my interpretation. And I think that maybe that's why, because the early Christians, they had this understanding that they were one. You know, if, you have, if we as a body, have the understanding. You cannot betray yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So that's exactly. So that's why that's what doesn't occur in the kingdom. You can only betray others. You cannot betray yourself. Exactly. And let, let me let me just let me just make this point a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. There's a there is a man of God who um who wrote a book called um I think the title was something like the, the, the value of uh, serving another man's ministry. Oh, yes, 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 yes. When I, 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 have, when I, yeah. when I heard that, I don't know whether I, I, I bought that book, 
Yeah, when I heard the title, when I heard the title, when I heard the title, I knew that 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 was a wrong teaching. But many people thought it was a great teaching, and this is why it is a wrong teaching. Um, in the body of Christ, you know, okay, okay, God has called you to be a prophet, and you are standing in the office of the prophet. Mm-hmm. If God calls other people to stand by you or walk with you, if they are doing what God has called them to do, they are not serving your ministry. They are serving, in other words, whatever reward God gives you, because they did what God said to do, that's what they are going to get. So, you know, when you think about it like that, this loyalty can never arise. Because if I understand that what I'm doing is part of God's will, then why would I want to be disloyal to God's will? Is my, is my discussion clear or muddy? Okay, let me take it this way. If you look at that book very well, that book is not a teaching. No, I'm not, I'm not talking it about is a what testimony of his own life. Yeah. It's yes, a testimony yes, of yes. his experience with serving a man of God. That is the yeah, concept what I'm of saying, that book. That's yeah. not the right way to think about serving another. Piece. We are not really serving the person per se. You are serving the Lord under that ministry. Yeah. You can stay in that. You can serve that. You can serve that ministry all the days of your life. You are not serving another man's ministry. But if you think of it as serving another ministry, you'll be anchoring. I mean, anchoring on when you are going to start your own ministry. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Somebody can go to a ministry if that is what where the Lord sent that person. The person could stay there all his life and would have lived perfectly in God's will. But if you think about it, that you are serving another man's ministry, one day you want to leave. Mm. Mm. Well, it's food for it's food for thought. Hello, oh. am I am I cutting too much? Uh, no, too much. Uh, no, that's that's that discussion. I think is throwing us off our main. Uh, our main course. It's a good, it's okay, a good okay. discussion. I, I it, but I thought, I thought it fit, I thought it was no, the issue no. of loyalty. Uh, we are taking it too far <laughs> because we are talking uh, loyalty here as I use it. Uh, like you said, loyalty uh, has to do with you not dividing the body of Christ. So if you are not, if you are not, uh, if you don't intend to divide the body of Christ, you have to be loyal. All right. So in that sense, it's different. That book is a testimony of uh, uh, Brother Greg. So let's leave it like that. That is his testimony. Well, but okay. now okay. we are talking about you want just, to be. I'm just trying to if, yeah. Okay. So let's let's leave that. Let's leave that. It's going. It's gone too far. So that people don't forget the reason why uh, we are talking okay. of loyalty here. That uh, okay. if you are not committed to the very end because Elijah said if you see me taking up so if you are not there if you are not involved if you are not consistent if you are not dedicated if you are not committed then you can't get the remaining of the anointing so that is a simple basic thing there all right so thank you your contribution is good but sometimes it's it's uh, I, I'm trying to say that there are people who will not understand and 
they may forget the actual discussion. So the actual discussion here is that to be, to be a butler, a man who serves in the kingdom of righteousness, it is not about how many people are there. It is about what you are supposed to do and how you do it and how you finish up the race. Amen? Amen. 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 So can we have one, one or two reflections and then we go. Thank you very much, uh, Sister Vivian and uh, Dr. Aja. Dr. Paulina, I'll do reflection. Okay. Um, so what I learned from tonight's Bible study is that promotion, when it comes to promotion, it's like climbing a mountain. So therefore, before you go, before you are elevated to the top, you go through challenges, you go through trials, but it is how you get through them. So, and that's, it also connects to when you said that when in this walk in Christ, we will be refined. And when you said that, it reminded me of our, what we are going over in Sunday school about being molded and modeling. So when it comes to being refined, you know, it's also a form of molding because, you know, you go through certain things in your walk with Christ that helps to mold you into who God wants you to be. And you also went over circles and circles at times, they, they repeat oftenly. So therefore we will go through certain events. And you also explain cycles means that um, we are being refined. So someone, so we are being and doing the things that um, we've never done before, you know? So like certain things when it comes to cycles and when it comes to um, walking with God, um, we have to, there will be times and moments where we will have to do certain things that are out of our comfort zone, but that is only to make sure that we get to where God wants us to be. And also, I learned that in our Christian walk, we are, we receive prophecies, but when we are, when we get those prophecies, um, you know, like for example, when, when it comes to academics and you get a, um, a prophecy saying that you will be at the top of the class, like you'll, you'll take that in and you'll get excited and everything, you know, because it's a good report. But at the end of the day, you don't know what challenges or what trials are ahead of you that you have to go back to God in prayer for to help you to get through those challenges and so on. And depending on how you go through those challenges, you will either be destroyed or brought down or you will be or you will rise to the occasion, meaning that like you will um achieve what um, you will achieve and what God has said for you to do or where God wants you to be. And uh, I learned that the more you read the word of God, so at this point, it just um, points out to me that we as children of God, that like those who have been 
like slacking or like slow, I would say, to reading the word, we have to actually like take time to read the word, not only to read it, but to actually understand it and actually apply it to life. Because the point that you stick out that stuck out to me is when you said when we read the word more, we become more light. And what I got from that is that, you know, when we come into the presence of God and praise and worship him, that is not only a moment where we should be free to actually worship and praise him. But at the same time, another place that we should be able to be free and to express ourselves is also in the word of God, because when we actually take time to understand the word of God and to get into our secret place, then we will be able to um, communicate, we'll be able to express with God so that he will be able to help us to free ourselves from what we are going through. And therefore, if we don't spend time in the word of God, then we will become heavy, like and I've been through that before because it's like, you know, like when you don't read the word, it's just like you just feel burdened or you just feel heavy and you just don't know like what to do with yourselves. And also, and when you're heavy, it, it can also affect your emotions. Um, when you are offended, when when you get offended, when you get annoyed easily when you get upset and so on and also when you are heavy like your language begins to change and when and when it comes to our character we have to make sure that our character does not get corrupted because you know um like the word says bad company corrupts our character so we have to make sure that whatever we are putting in ourselves that it does not affect us negatively. And uh, I learned that, that we must be bold to confront the enemy because we have to let the enemy know that he can't take control of us and he, we can't let him. We have to learn that we cannot let the enemy take over our life and take over what God wants us to do, but we have to take authority and actually um, use the word of God and, and actually walk with the Lord. And we have to let others stop letting, we have to stop letting others like get be who God has called us to be. So many of us were scared to actually be in the role or be in the role that God has called us to be. And because we don't ask questions, because we don't let others help us to lead us and guide us to where we are supposed to be, when we see those who are supposed to be where we are supposed to be, we feel a way. So I feel like it's just important in for us to be bold to not only confront the enemy, but to be um, humble, have humility. And I have more, but... I will end it there. That's what I learned. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Shall we just appreciate Coco? All right. Okay. All right. Any other? Everybody's on mute. So I don't even know who is there. <laughs> <laughs> who else? 
Okay, all right. Okay, if that be the case, then uh, we call it a good night. Okay, um, Reverend Afi, any announcement? She's also not there. All right. Okay, so uh, remember that Friday, we are back on the prayer line for family prayer meeting, a family deliverance night on Friday. Amen. 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 And leaders, Amen. remember we are meeting on Thursday. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. For those who are present, let's say the grace. <laughs> <laughs> The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the spirit of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Have a good night and see you on Friday. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Paulin. Good night, everyone. Good night. Have a blessed night.